Have you ever considered why there are so many Christian denominations? Is Jesus Christ in all of them? We're told that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So how can he agree with all of the different doctrines and ideas that are out there? Many religious leaders are working towards having just one world church. And just as others want one world government, these church leaders envisage a universal faith. Now, they may be partially successful in their aims, but it will be Jesus Christ himself who will bring one religion to the whole world when he returns to this earth. There's a time coming when the whole world will worship the true God. In tomorrow's world, there will not be the religious confusion that we have today. Religious wars will be a thing of the past, and there will be just one day of the week that all people will make their day of rest. Is God bringing you to a better understanding of what Jesus Christ requires of you through this program, Tomorrow's World? Is the Christianity that you strive to follow the true Christianity of the Bible? Is it possible that you have been taught a false religion which has been accepted by millions of sincere people who do not know it is actually a counterfeit Christianity? You're going to find the answers to these questions truly amazing. Stay tuned. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where we explore the truth revealed in your Bible. We use just one book as our authority, and that is the Holy Bible. This book has been carefully preserved and copied for thousands of years. God has ensured that the light of truth has not been extinguished. And as a result, this is still the world's number one best-selling book. In fact, over 6 billion copies have been printed, and strangely, according to booksellers, it's actually the book that is most often stolen. Now, what does the Bible say about how we should worship God? In the Gospel of John, we hear the words of Jesus Christ when he said, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, are there many different truths? Are people mixed up with one truth here and one truth there and one false point here and one error there? No, Jesus Christ told us in the book of John, in chapter 17, thy word is truth. Let me ask you a question. Easter, where do you find in the Bible any story about bunny rabbits laying eggs? You won't find it because it's not in the Bible. And most of these ideas go back to the days long before Jesus Christ was born. And so in the program today, we're going to see how many religious customs are based on old pagan practices. Have you ever noticed that there are universal customs found within the accepted Christian churches? We're going to take an interesting example to start with. I'm sure many of you maybe do this yourself, or you've seen other people, sincere people, using rosary beads to help them pray you know we have to ask the question is God impressed with repetitious prayer you know it is important does God listen 
when the priest reads the prayer, the audience responds week after week? Do we use the Lord's Prayer as a repetitious way of praying to God? You know, when I was growing up, I remember we we learned the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you know what? I used to say it, but never even thought about the meaning of the words. Notice Jesus Christ's words to us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, we're all familiar with these words that help us to pray. But are they meant to be repeated over and over? Notice what he says immediately before he gives us these words in verse 7. He says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. We all want to be heard by God in our prayers, but Jesus tells us specifically that this is not achieved by many repetitious prayers. When we pray, it should come from the heart and be different each time. Can you find set prayers in the Bible? Think about it for a moment. You can search from Genesis to Revelation and you will find no instruction to use repetitive or repetitious prayers. You will also find no examples of God's servants using this form of prayer, but rather, as we have seen, there are clear instructions to the contrary. On tomorrow's world, we don't set out to criticize the beliefs of people. We commend sincere people striving to obey God and the Bible. But we must also be sure that what we believe and what we do is what the Bible says. And we need to be able to compare what the Bible says to familiar religious practice. Not out, we're not out to offend you. We know that you expect us to talk straight talk, straight from the Bible. On today's program, we will be offering you a free booklet titled Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. You're going to be surprised how the Bible's definition of Christianity does not always agree with the familiar Christianity that many of us have known all of our lives. I will explain how you can order your free copy of this informative booklet in just a few minutes. In fact, maybe you'd like to have a pen and paper ready to write down the number that you can call or to write down the address so that you can visit our website where you can request the booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. We need to know how to worship the true God because a time of great deception is coming upon all who live on the earth. And Jesus Christ warned us of this when he spoke to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. In fact, if we take the Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 24, and in verse 24, he said, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. False religious leaders will arise, and in particular, there will be one that will come who will be actually a fake and a charlatan. That sounds like strong language, but God warns us that that is coming. And in fact, unsuspecting people will embrace his charismatic charm and sadly be deceived. If we read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we read about this time that is coming. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 3. 
Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, that is the day of Christ's return, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. Now, continuing in verse 9, it says, The coming of the lawless one, did you notice that? Someone who teaches that God's law should not be kept. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved. Did you notice the expression, the love of the truth? It doesn't say a truth, but the truth. There can only be one truth, and we will be pursuing that truth today from the pages of our Bible. When we know the truth, we can be sure that we are becoming true Christians. Would you like to know what true Christianity is? Then request your copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. This free publication has been written to explain that a false Christianity was created in Rome 300 years after Jesus Christ's death. This counterfeit Christianity took elements from the Bible as well as others from the Roman pagan practices of the day. They were melded together to make it look like it was Christianity, but in reality it was not. Many people still follow these false ways ignorantly. Be ready to take down the number or the address that we will give you. Phone now or go to tomorrowsworld.org to request a copy. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, please visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write to us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. So far, we've considered that not all that people hear in church is what Jesus Christ taught. If we call ourselves Christians, shouldn't we do what Christ did? You know, that's what the Bible says. Here in 1 John 2 verse 6, it says, He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. What is another universal belief that we should consider? It may surprise you to know that the concept of the immortal soul had its origins in the Garden of Eden. Let us go back to this most early of biblical accounts. In fact, you will remember that Adam and Eve were in a paradise created by God for them. They had food in abundance and the climate was so mild that they did not need clothing. They could eat any of the fruits of the trees except, except the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If they were to eat from that tree, God told them that they would die. Now, think for a moment. 
You think about Eve. Here she is in the Garden of Eden. Her husband has told her what she should do. And suddenly from behind a tree, a serpent appears. You remember the words that were spoken to Eve at that time by the serpent. The words were really quite simple. You shall not surely die. Did you know that that was a bold-faced lie? Why would Jesus Christ need to come back to this earth, lead a sinless life, die on the cross so that we could receive the gift of eternal life if we already have it? No, we don't have eternal life. We don't have eternal life within us. It must be given to us by God as a free gift. So please take careful note of what your Bible says. Look it up as I read it. Don't believe me just because I say it. You check it up for yourself. We're going to turn to the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament. And in chapter 18, verse 4, it says, The soul that sins shall die. And again in verse 20, The soul who sins shall die. It's not an immortal soul. King Solomon said this here in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Do you believe, like most people, that people go to heaven when they die? Do you believe that all the good men and women of the Bible are in heaven? Then pray tell me, what did Jesus Christ mean in John chapter 3, verse 13? It says, No one is ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man. Though the Bible makes this fact clear, most professing Christians have gone along with an old pagan belief that a person's soul leaves them at death and goes either to heaven or to hell. The major religions uphold the idea of an immortal soul. In fact, some consider that the examples of Enoch and Elijah provide proof that the saints are in heaven. Doesn't the Bible tell us that they went to heaven? Well, the truth may surprise you. Now, let's consider Enoch, first of all. The only statement that we have is in Genesis chapter 5 and in verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Now, if you believe in going to heaven, you could say, aha, see, he went to heaven. It doesn't say that. So we've got to be careful sometimes of reading things into the Bible that are not there. Aha, but in Elijah's case, it does say that he went to heaven. (laughs) Am I trying to disprove what I've just said? Listen, listen to what the Bible says. We need to go to 2 Kings chapter 2 and in verse 11. We read, Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up into heaven. But which heaven? What do you mean, which heaven? Well, the Bible identifies that there are three heavens. Now, the first is the atmosphere around the earth where the birds fly. The second is where the stars and the moon are located. We we call that outer space. It's the vast universe. That's the second heaven. But Paul refers to, interestingly enough, a third heaven. We need to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2. Paul wrote, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one caught up to 
the third heaven. Now, this third heaven is the heaven of heavens. It is where God has his throne, which is described to us in the book of Revelation. It's a beautiful place where the Father sits with Jesus Christ on his right hand. There are 24 elders seated around them with a sea of glass before the thrones and rainbows and lightnings, and it's an incredible place. And it was to this place that Paul was taken in vision. Now, I know this might come as a shock to you, but we must let the Bible tell us what to believe and not men and tradition. I repeat the words of Jesus Christ when he said, In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So let's go back to the example of Elijah. Which heaven did he go into? Well, he went to the first heaven. And he was taken away from Elisha. He didn't go into the outer space and he didn't go to the third heaven. So let us consider the, again the important question. Where did my beliefs come from? Is what I believe actually what the Bible teaches? We've seen how we are not to pray repetitious prayers. We've also seen that the concept of an immortal soul has its origins in pagan belief and is not supported by the Bible. You know, our free booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity, will more fully explain just how this clever deception has been accepted by the majority of so-called Christians. There was a historian, a respected historian actually, by the name of Will Durant, And he actually received the Pulitzer Prize for his work. He had a particular interest in religion and philosophy, and he wrote the story of civilization. On page 595 of his book, we read, Christianity did not destroy paganism, it adopted it. The Greek mind, dying, came to a transmigrated life in the theology and the liturgy of the church. The Greek language, having reigned for centuries over philosophy, became the vehicle of Christian literature and ritual. You know, it's it's hard to believe that the accepted Christian customs and practices of today have been heavily influenced by Greek and Roman mythology. You know, it's as if the old gods of Greece and Rome, you've seen them, of course, they're they're usually uh, cast in in solid uh, marble, Uh, And so we think about the fact that they have exchanged their old tunics for the vestures of the modern church. Certainly, if an ancient Babylonian or Roman came to life today, he or she would recognize many of the practices that are observed in the churches in your neighborhood. What does God say we should do when we realize that modern Christianity has been duped by counterfeit doctrines? Most of us have experienced Christmas morning presents under a tree, lights, tinsel, and and bright colors. But let us turn to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 10 and in verse 2, Jeremiah says, Thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. Now, this is a reference to astrology, And most professing Christians are aware that they should not follow the wanderings of planets and stars across the sky. But it's the next subject that Jeremiah addresses that is just that little too close to home for some of us. 
Notice verse 3. For the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammers so that it will not topple. Believe it or not, the modern Christmas tree was well known in Babylon or in the days of Jeremiah. That was 600 years before Christ was born. You know, it was not called a Christmas tree then. But the same beliefs that we see today at Christmas time were actually practiced way back then, 600 years before Christ was born. The evergreen tree symbolizes life in the forest amongst the bare deciduous trees. By bringing it into their pagan temples, they worshipped new life, symbolized by the green tree during the depth of winter. It gave hope to the pagans. They believed that by bringing gifts to the tree and laying them at the foot of the tree would encourage the return of the warmth and the light of the sun. Sadly, this wrong custom is still with us in our churches and homes today. So once again, I do not bring these facts to you to offend you. I'm simply showing what God says that he approves of and what he disapproves of. And a true Christian will modify his or her life to live in accordance with the word of God. He or she will want to change their way of life, customs and practices. So let me once again offer you a free copy of our enlightening booklet, Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. This hard-hitting information from Dr. Roderick C. Meredith lays bare the real story behind what most people assume is Christian practice. You'll be surprised to discover that the Christmas story you've just assumed was in the Bible has more to do with Adonis, Osiris, and Dionysus. They were the Greek and Roman gods that were born on December the 25th. If one carefully studies the Bible, it can be actually established that Jesus Christ was born sometime in the early autumn and not in the depth of winter. You can receive your copy of this booklet by calling the number on the screen or go to tomorrowsworld.org. Write down the number or the address and be sure to request your copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, please visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write to us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. A former church leader once said, it's harder to unlearn error than to learn truth. Now, isn't that the truth? I remember the first time I was confronted with the idea that Christmas was not according to the Bible. I searched through the story of the baby Jesus in the Gospels, convinced that I would find the word Christmas. I couldn't find it. And see if you can find it.
Then I look for the expression, when I get to heaven or when we are all in heaven. And I couldn't find those words either. Why? Well, because those words are not in God's Bible and they are not true. The idea that my grandmother was looking down from heaven at me took some time to erase, but I now have been able to accept that she is simply in a deep sleep awaiting the resurrection. Recently, I was studying the book of Acts in chapter 7, where we have the story of Stephen, who was stoned. What happened to him? Well, let's read here in Acts chapter 7, verse 60. Acts chapter 7 and verse 60, it says, And when he had said this, he fell asleep. In the church that I grew up with, we did not have any idols or statues in the building. It was a conservative Protestant church where most people really believed that the Bible was the book that they were following. I knew we should not worship statues of saints. But what I did not know was that we make idols of many things around us. Maybe our house or our car or even our career can become an idol. Anything that is more important than God will become an idol. And he says that we must put him first in our lives. Christianity is not about large stone buildings with high steeples. It's not about form and ceremony. Neither is it about flowing purple robes. It's about what we do and what we are. God does have clear guidelines and laws that we are to follow, but he is most interested in our heart. He tells us what type of person will gain his attention. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 66 and in verse 2, notice what it says. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. God is not going to notice how big your Christmas tree is or if your display of lights on your house is better than your neighbor's. But he will notice how you respond to what you have heard today because it is from your Bible. And you've heard what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. Will we just shrug off what we have heard here? Or are we going to act on it? Many others who were viewing this program have already changed channels. What they have heard did not please them. Were you almost ready to switch to another channel, but something told you to stay tuned? If you can answer yes to the last question, it could very well be that God is acting in your life and wants you to act as well. All you need to do is take down the number that will come at the end of the program and request your free copy of Satan's Counterfeit Christianity. You'll be glad that you did. At Tomorrow's World, you will hear important messages that will help you prepare for the tough times ahead. You will come to find meaning in your life and a purpose for living. Be sure to join us again next week as we bring you the good news of tomorrow's world. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, please visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write to us at the address shown. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org.
The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God. 